Information is for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through Insight Folios, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products and services are offered through individually licensed and appointed agents in various jurisdictions. Paul Durso and Charles Bowers, Jr. are investment advisor representatives of Insight Folios. Retirement is coming up fast. Will you have the income for the life you're dreaming of? Will you be traveling or flipping channels? Will you be helping the kids and grandkids or asking them for help? If you've worked, saved, and done without, but you still don't know if you'll make it, then welcome to Simply Financial, where you'll learn to invest like a pro so you can move forward with confidence. This is Simply Financial with Paul Durso, your first step to financial clarity. Now, here's Paul. This is IFN, the Insight Financial Network. You're listening to Simply Financial with me, Paul Durso, where we're all about taking your first step to financial clarity. I'm your host, Paul, here with my co-host, Charlie. Hey, Paul. All right. And I tell you what, there's a war brewing between evangelical Christians and the culture of this world, according to Dr. Michael Brown. So how are Christians called to respond? Dr. Brown, founder of Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, is here to cast some light on what is it actually means to be salt and light in the world we're living in today. And is change even possible? We're going to be talking a little bit more about mm -hmm. that. Find out what it might look like, according to Dr. Brown, perhaps, or sorry, prepare to be challenged as he addresses topics many Christian leaders are reluctant to talk about, and that's scary. So call your friends right now and tell them to tune into Simply Financial and join us for a great show. You know, I'm really grateful to have Dr. Brown with us because I listen to his radio show and have followed him for a while because today it really is seems to be increasingly dangerous to stand up for what you believe in. You look at the uh, Catholic students uh, that we just heard so much about and how the media just jumped on them with a little bit of the, the yeah, and all video. for all because it was a 16 year old with you know quote unquote a smirk on his face wearing a red MAGA hat, MAGA hat. and look what happened to him his, yeah. his life got turned upside down for being in whatever place he was for standing up for what he believes in in wearing a hat and then and another the, example was Judge said, Kavanaugh yeah, yeah just for being who he was he got reprimanded and reprobated by the media just because he didn't believe or see things the way that they thought was. Yeah, and that seems the way we're getting more and more divided in the country. And, and that's the very reason we asked Dr. Brown to be on our show today, so that we can address how to confront these types of situations from maybe a biblical point of view. So Dr. Michael Brown is the founder uh, and president of Ask Dr. Brown Ministries and Fire School of Ministry in Concord, North Carolina. He is host of the daily nationally syndicated talk radio show, The Line of Fire, as well as the host of the Apologetics TV show, Answering Your Toughest Questions, which airs on the NRB TV network. He is the author of more than 30 books, holds a Ph.D. in Near Eastern Languages and Literatures from New York University, and Dr. Brown has served as a visiting or adjunct professor at seven leading universities. So welcome to our show, Dr. Brown. Hey, great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is great to have you here. And why don't you just go ahead and start off with your testimony uh, from LSD to PhD? Yeah, I, I grew up in a Jewish home on Long Island. My dad was the senior lawyer in the New York Supreme Court, had a good moral upbringing. We weren't religious Jews, but I was Jewish enough to know we didn't believe in Jesus or anything like that. Mm. But I got caught up in the whole counterculture scene of the 60s. I was playing drums as a boy, and the whole rock scene really appealed to me. Seeing Jimi Hendrix in concert when I was 13, that, that whole thing just pulled me in. And I ended up getting into drugs at an early age, started getting high at 14, was shooting heroin at the age of 15, wow. full of rebellion and pride, wanted to be a rock star. And to my tremendous surprise, I got born again, became a follower of Jesus at the age of 16, and my dad said, okay, great, you're off drugs, that's wonderful, but we're Jews. We don't believe in Jesus. So he sat me down with a local rabbi, and the local rabbi said, you know, you're very sincere and devote, devoted, that's great, but you're wrong. You can't even read Hebrew. 
So that's what got me started taking Hebrew in college, and that's what led to my, my doctorate in Semitic languages, just wanted to be able to read the Bible on my own and understand it and, and, and read it against the cultural backdrop without someone else having to tell me what the words meant. And, of course, the more I studied, the more convinced I was that the things I believe were right and true. So for 47 years now, from 1971 until today, I've been sharing the, the good news of Jesus the Messiah with, with my Jewish friends around the world and, and in Israel on, on an active level. And then I've, I've had a heart to see Christians live as Christians. To be candid, uh, I, I believe the biggest problem in America is not so much the presence of darkness, it's the absence of light. Mm. When I point a finger, I don't point a finger so much at Hollywood or so much at the media or so much at the culture, although there, there are always issues there. I point a finger more at the church to say if we would really live right, and if we would really be serious about following Jesus the way it's written in the Word, our country would look a whole lot different. You know, we see the MAGA hats, and I'm, I'm fine with Make America Great Again. It's not racist. That's not bigoted. I'm fine with that. But to me, to make America great again, you need to make America godly again. We need to go back to, to good spiritual foundations and biblical values. And that's why I'm engaged in the culture wars. I was not looking for something else to take on. I, I travel around the world. I've been out of the country over 200 times bringing the gospel to other nations. We have our ministry school. We train people, send them out. They're involved in humanitarian work. They're feeding the poor. They're fighting human trafficking. They're doing all these great things. I didn't need another project, but this stuff came knocking at my door. These things came knocking at, at all of our doors. You know, here's a college professor. He's teaching a class. A uh, gentleman says something. He responds, yes, sir. Well, the gentleman identifies as a woman. Now this professor is in big trouble. There is a, a constant message being sent out to our society. And, and look, you can just be minding your own business. You're, you're working your job. You're, you're a photographer. Someone comes to you and says, hey, uh, we're, we're doing this, this horror flick thing, and, and we hear you're the best still photographer. We'd like you to be doing shots in the background. And you say, oh, no, actually, I'm Christian. I'm, I'm into that horror stuff. Mm. And then someone else comes, and, and they, you know, they want you to do something, and we're having a drinking party. And you say, you know, I'm really not comfortable in that environment. Let me refer you to a friend. No problem. Someone else comes in and says, hey, my partner and I, we're getting married. It's a you know, same-sex celebration. We hear you're the best photographer. You say, I, I'm a Christian. I, I, I don't really want to participate in that. Ah, oh, you're a bigot. You're a homophobe. You go to jail. You lose your job. You lose everything. That's why I've engaged the culture wars. Those who came out of the closet want to put us in the closet. We have outrages, like in, in the state of New York now, joining yeah. other states. We're up until the day of delivery. A woman can abort a baby, and you can say, yeah, well, what if it's for health reasons? If it's for health reasons, then deliver the child, and someone will adopt it. You don't have to kill the baby. But that's what we're involved in today. And just like we look back at Christians in the days of slavery and say, why did more of you speak up? Why did more of you say something? Why did more of you act? It's the same today. Why don't more believers stand up, speak up, do what's right? for the sake of our kids, for the sake of our grandkids, for the sake of our, our society. We have to. So so let's talk politics for a second, or rather Christian politics. Should should Christians stay out of politics, get into politics? You know, because politics is the moment you even say the word, you just I start to get hot under the collar, you know, and should should Christians be more involved there? Oh, yes. First thing is, we can all get involved without even thinking about politics. In other words, every parent with kids in school, especially public school, they can get involved, find out what their kids are learning, find out what's happening in the school. Uh, we can all get involved in sharing our views on social media. Let your voice be heard. If you agree with something, disagree with something, if you have a Bible verse you think is relevant, share it. We can all speak up in whatever circles of influence we have. And that's got nothing to do with, quote, politics. But let's turn it around the other side. Number one, the Bible tells us to pray. This is in the days of kings and rulers. To pray for kings and rulers that they would come to know the Lord, that we could live quiet and peaceful lives in all godliness and honesty. So if it's right to pray for political leaders to become Christians, and obviously it's not wrong for Christians to become political leaders. And if we just say, well, we'll abandon, you know, abandon politics, 
we'll just live out our faith and share the gospel. Before long, you won't be able to live out your faith. Before long, there'll be all kinds of penalties just for holding to, to fundamental values. Before long, the very liberties on which our country is founded will, will be gone. If, if we didn't have Christian leaders in America, we wouldn't have America to start. So many of our founding fathers based their lives on, on biblical and Christian principles. So we don't want to put our trust in politics. We don't want to think that the Republican Party is going to save us, or the Democrat Party is going to save us, or Obama is the savior, or Trump is the savior. We don't want to put our trust in politics. I have a whole book called Donald Trump is Not My Savior, an evangelical leader speaks his mind about the man he supports as president. So I, I have no, uh, no illusion that politics is going to save America, but politics plays a role. And for us to abandon politics is to abandon our responsibility, to abandon our stewardship, and to say there's an area where we won't be salt, where we won't be light. We'll just leave it to the world and leave it to the devil. We have only ourselves to blame if we go in that direction. So, so in about 30 seconds, tell us what Jesus meant when he said we're to be salt and light to this world. As salt, we are the moral conscience of the society. We, we are the thermostat that influences values and culture. As light, we are to bring hope. We are to bring a message of liberation. We are to help the needy. We are to shine forth with God's truth. So salt, moral conscience, light, shining forth with love, compassion, truth. That's our role in society. If we don't do it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, who will? So when we get back from break, we're going to talk to Dr. Brown about whether or not evangelical Christians made a mistake in supporting Donald Trump for president. This is Charlie Bowers. The show is Simply Financial, and this is the Insight Financial Network, IFN. What three things will you need for the retirement of your dreams? Well, first, there's income. Second, income. And third, you guessed it, income. But how are you going to get it? Will it be enough? Want to know for sure? We'll create an income plan specific to you using our proprietary Simplicitry software. Creating this plan is a $1,500 value. For the first 10 of our listeners, we're going to give away this plan absolutely free. Only 10 free plans, so call now, 855-999-PLAN. That's 855-999-7526. Get on the list now for your free Simplicity plan. Call 855-999-PLAN. That's 855-999-7526. Hey, hey, this is Bryce Johnson, host of the Faith and Sports radio show called Unpacking It. And you're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso on the Insight Financial Network. This is IFN, the Insight Financial Network. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso. I'm Charlie Bowers, and we're talking with Dr. Michael Brown, founder and president of Ask Dr. Brown Ministries. And when we left for break, we decided we would ask Dr. Brown about whether or not Christians made a mistake in supporting Donald Trump for president. So what do you think, Dr. Brown? Uh, no, we certainly didn't make a mistake if we understood what we were getting, meaning we're certainly not getting a man known for Christian moral values in terms of his history, in terms of the way he deals with, with others. We were going to get a guy that's rough and tumble with quite a worldly background, that's used to just running the show a certain way. But if we voted for him, A, to vote against Hillary Clinton, B, to vote for a pro-life agenda, for the appointing of pro-life and conservative justices to the courts, C, to stand for our religious liberties, D, to push back against radical LGBT activism, E, to stand with Israel. I mean, these are things that were high value to many evangelicals. Then, then absolutely, he, he's lived up to our expectations. I've often said that my wife voted for him with great trepidation, 
thinking he could be very divisive and kind of vulgarize the nation with his behavior. Those were her fears. And I hoped when I voted for him that he would stand for the values that, that he, he pledged to. Mm-hmm. And as I've said, both our hopes and fears were real. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of downside to the presidency. But that versus Hillary Clinton, that versus the justices that we would have had on our courts for the next generation, that versus a real assault on our religious liberties, I'll take it. And there, there are evangelicals who remain very close to the president, who continue to have his ear, right up through the vice president, Mike Pence, people praying with him on a regular basis. And although I, I'm not necessarily hoping that much that he changes his personality, I'm thinking, okay, that's who he is, and maybe he's always going to be like this. The fact is, if it was him versus any of the current crop of potential Democrat candidates, when I see the, the intensity of the opposition to the Brett Kavanaugh nomination, you mentioned that earlier, mm-hmm. when I see the, the hatred coming, you know, the shout your abortion movement and the hatred against conservative values and the way that just having a Christian conviction makes you a criminal now in the eyes of some in America, yet yeah, we, we did well to vote for him. Again, as I say in my book, he's not my savior. So folks, folks, if they get the book, they'll, they'll read how I opposed him in the primaries, how I warned about him in the primaries, how, how I was a Ted Cruz guy, but the whole time saying, I hope I'm wrong, I hope I get to eat my words, and if it's Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton, then I'm going to have to reevaluate my opposition to him, and that's what happened. And, and the more I saw him win, the more I thought, okay, something's up here. He, he's, he's, he's hitting uh, a nerve. He, yeah. He's striking a chord with a lot of Americans. And yeah, for some it may be a bigoted, racist court, but that's going to be the same with Democrats. Everybody's going to appeal to bigots and racists, but is your message bigoted? No. Is your message racist? No. Is, is your message a white supremacist, hyper-nationalist message? No. I never heard that. Even when I opposed him, I didn't think he was a racist. And I realized there, there's something he's appealing to in America. It's not just border security and things like that. It's that a lot of Americans feel they're losing their country. They're not losing their country to immigrants coming in who are becoming part of the country. And so, as always, we are multi-ethnic and multicolor. That's wonderful. There was a sense of losing things that, that made us great and, and fundamental values and liberties, and that's what we've been pushing back against. I think that's right. And if you read the Bible, God has a history of using fallen, not-so-perfect people to accomplish his purposes. <laughs> Look at Paul and Saul. I mean, yeah. Saul and Paul. So why are so many Christian leaders reluctant to address some of these hot-button controversial issues? I mean, I know my pastor on Sunday talked for quite some time about, you know, what Pat transpired in, in New York on Friday, but so many prominent religious leaders are, are silent. Why do you think—and and I'm not just talking about the abortion— law that was passed in in new york but so many hot topic issues they just are silent why is that uh there are several reasons i address it in a video that folks can find on on my website askdrbrown.org askdrbrown.org the video is called why don't more pastors speak out and unfortunately this has been a pattern thank god for those who do but when george barnard did surveys a few years ago and asked pastors, do you believe that the Bible addresses the prominent uh, moral and cultural issues of the day? Almost all of them said yes. When he asked them, how many of you use the Bible to address these issues, the numbers dropped to 10%. When asked why, well, there's fear of losing people, fear of losing finances, fear of losing influence, and now many will say they don't know what to say. Uh, Unfortunately, we have turned things upside down in America. We have preached a message to appeal to people. We have taken on the spirit of the world so that the world will like us. We think by becoming like the world, we can win the world, but then we have nothing to which we're winning the world. Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. If, if you were of the world, it would love you because it loves its own. So too many of us are more concerned with the approval of people. Too many of us are concerned that if we speak the truth, we'll lose big supporters. And the question is, well, what would we rather do, lose our supporters or lose our soul, lose our congregants or lose our integrity? What I do find, though, 
is that the great majority of Christians want their pastors and leaders to address the difficult issues because this is the world we live in. You're dealing with it in the workplace. Your kids are dealing with it in school. You're, you're dealing with it in social media. It's all around us. So uh, to fail to equip is to fail to love. And, and 90% of the congregants that were surveyed said, we want our pastors to address these issues. So we're not talking about getting political. We're not talking about getting up in the pulpit each week and preaching for or against Donald Trump and, and, and making your church into a, a, an ally of the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, and that's your whole identity. No, we're talking about what does the Bible say about abortion? Yep. What does the Bible say about marriage and family? Yep. What can you do about the problem of pornography in, in your home? How should we view the courts changing the meaning of marriage? What do you tell your kid when, when they're gender confused and things like that? These are issues we deal with in this world, and it, it's spiritually criminal for us not to address them. I agree. You know, my, one of the things I love about the way my pastor does it, it's almost exactly how you said it. He's like, listen, you can get mad at me, and he's a he's an older white guy. He's like, listen, I understand that I'm white. I understand that I'm old, but I'm reading from a book. He's like, this is God's Word, and this is what God's Word says about X topic. And he reads right from the Bible, and he says, this, this is what has convicted me. This is what should convict all of you. He's like, this is what God says. You can get mad at me all, all you want, but this is God's Word. I, I absolutely love that approach. Yeah. Yeah, and, and when Billy Graham, if you look at old interviews of him, number one, when he was on TV, no one could doubt his love, no one can doubt his sincerity, but everybody expected him to, to talk about sin and hell and salvation through Jesus. In other words, you expected preachers to talk about it. Now, when we're on TV, we sound more like life coaches or, or real estate salesmen or mm-hmm. you know, just success in life people. There's very little conviction. But when Billy Graham was asked, you know, do you have a problem with hell? His answer would be, well, Jesus talked about it. You know, that doesn't matter what Billy Graham thinks. doesn't matter what Mike Brown thinks. doesn't matter what some of the leader today thinks. doesn't matter what your pastor thinks. matters, what does God say? And so your pastor's absolutely right. Look, your issue's not with me. If I'm rightly explaining this, if these words speak for themselves, then your issue is with God. And, and one thing that I've found now over 47 years of, of following the Lord is that his ways are ways of life, that he knows best. That just like when you're raising a kid and the kid thinks you're just trying to steal their fun, why can't they be out at midnight when they're 13 years old and, and hanging around with their friends? Do you know my son? <laughs> Do you know my son? Yeah, stealing my fun. Yeah. It's like, no, we know best. It's the same thing. God knows best, and it's not to hurt us. It's to help us. Mm. So let me ask you this. Do you... Seeing the way America is today, do you think America can be changed, or are we on an inevitable moral and spiritual decline? We are on a deep moral and spiritual decline, but it is not too late for America. In fact, that's our latest video. It's been viewed over half a million times already on YouTube. Is it too late for America? Five-minute animated video you're watching from beginning to end. Yes, we're in a dire situation. And yes, the church needs to be desperate. If we're complacent, if we're just like, no big deal, everything's okay, then, then we're really deceiving ourselves. But on this video, I present evidence looking back at American history, times that were very dark before, and yet God sent revival, God sent awakening. The same thing in England. It had massive ebbs and flows spiritually. And when things looked darkest and worst, God's people cried out, and God sent revival. So Without national awakening, without a real spiritual revival, we are in terrible shape and heading for a massive crash. Mm. But if we'll truly pursue God and cry out and ask Him to start awakening in our own lives, my biggest concern when I wake up in the morning is, is my life. I don't mean in a selfish way, but I mean I need to be right with God. I need to be loving God and loving my family and loving my neighbors. I, I need to be following Jesus in a sincere way. I've got to be part of the solution, part of the problem. If, if we'll all follow the counsel of this old evangelist, Gypsy Smith, he was asked, how do you pray for revival? He said, well, I, I take out uh, a piece of chalk, I draw a circle on the ground, then I go stand inside that circle, and I say, God, revive everything in this circle. <laughs> That's how we want to start. God, help me. Yeah. Revive start me, with me so I can be a blessing and help to others. That's awesome. So... It, just to kind of go along with that, and we don't have a whole lot of time, but, you know, I'm going to 
totally switch gears here for a second and and talk a little bit about what the Bible says about money. You know, we are a financial show and we've got about what 60 seconds, uh, 90 seconds before we got to go to commercial. But can you talk to me? Or yeah, 60 seconds. Tell me. Um, pearls of wisdom regarding of wisdom money regarding in the Bible. Yeah, what 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 folks in the business world need to know is that your money fuels the gospel. Mm. That here we are a ministry, so we're we're an independent ministry. We're not a local church. We don't have people tithing. We have vision to touch people all around the world. We have opportunities for expansion. We are bursting with ideas. The only thing stopping us is funding. We have missionaries around the world serving in difficult areas, doing amazing work, and the only thing stopping them from doing more is money. So, can, and, and, tell, and tell our listener how to get a hold, how to how to give you money, or where, where they can find out more. Oh, yeah. We got about go ten to, seconds. Go to ask Dr. Brown, askdrbrown.org, and right on the homepage, click donate. Click on donate. We're one of many worthy of support, but. Be assured your money makes a massive difference. It's a great partnership. AskDrBrown.org. Click on Donate. Let's partner together to change the world. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the importance of standing up for what you believe as far and what you need. This is Paul Durso. The show is Simply Financial. This is IFN, Insight Financial Network. This is IFN, the Insight Financial Network. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso. We just had Dr. Michael Brown on the show. Um, he just stepped away, unfortunately, because he has his own show. But uh, we talked about tons and tons of controversial issues. And let me tell you, he is incredibly well-spoken. Isn't he great? I mean, he, he's a brilliant man. He he's, is, and he, he loves people. And it's does. very evident when he speaks. Yeah. But he goes right to the heart of the matter. And just before um, we said goodbye on the show, we're talking about financing the gospel and putting your money in, uh, in places that, that you believe. And this entire show is really dedicated to standing up for what you believe, what you care about. And in today's society, that's very difficult because so many people are getting persecuted for things that they care about. We were talking about in the office that I might not wear a MAGA hat. You might not wear one going out to downtown Charlotte where there's and if you just potential. think about it's make America great again there's forget no, about Trump yeah what's wrong with just making America great again if you if you take Trump out of that equation I would say 99% of people that walk this continent would would feel great buy about that, that. Yeah. buy it but since it's associated with Donald Trump there's almost this hatred where I even heard some senators talking about we want to ban MAGA hats what this is America. Who cares about Donald Trump? Th this is America. What was more important to us as citizens of America than our country, right? Who would not want to make the country you live in great? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't understand that. It, well, that's a hatred towards Trump, not America. I, I and they're but, using... But you, they're projecting it. Yeah. To, to, so the, the, the point of the matter is it is difficult to stand up for what you believe. And there's so much that, that you believe about, that I believe in, and we need to have the, the brashness, the boldness in a very loving way. But for the rest of the show, I think we need to talk a little bit more about finance and what, what God has to say, what the Bible has to say. So what we've done is we've taken a few aspects, a few stories, a few sections of the Bible, and we, we want to just discuss them in a in a more real way to Charlie and to me. You know, it's interesting. You know, we're in retirement planning. That's one of the things that we do. Yeah. Do you know there's really no place in the Bible that it talks about retirement with one possible exception? And I don't know that retirement's the word they used. But when the Levites became 50 years of age or older, they were no longer allowed to serve in the temple. So that kind of says, well, maybe no one else has God's blessing not necessarily blessing that says god says you have to retire that and, and when we talk to people we, we tell them oh it's not just retirement it's you're not retiring away from. from a job but retiring to something and, and when you many of the, the clients that come into us and, and get into retirement say i don't know when i had time to work 
because they found so much purpose and meaning in the things that they do after working the office. Statistically, people who retire away from jobs, saying, I'm going to retire, I can't wait just to do nothing, and there's no outlook, statistics aren't very in your favor. Uh, the, The longevity of retirement when you retire away from a job is not very strong. And then what Charlie's talking about, the individuals, and, and this is a big big part of our firm at Insight Folios, we encourage and support and, and really push our clients to find more fulfillment and joy after they stop working than when they were working defined by their job. I just had a client on the phone uh, earlier this week, and in that conversation, I basically laid that out for him. said, mm-hmm. you've got all the money you need to retire. We've already gone through your planning process. Your number one goal as you pr- continue to prepare for retirement that's going to happen this summer is making sure that when you're done working, you've got something to drive you to get out of bed every day, yep. something where you find fulfillment, happiness, and joy. And that's not easy. When you spend 50 hours a week, 60 hours a week consumed by your job, and then all of a sudden you've got all that time mm-hmm. back or time to yourself, what are you going to do with it? And it's especially difficult for men because we tend to associate what we do with who we are. So now you've worked at that job for 30, 40 years, but you're not that employee anymore. You don't have that position anymore. You've kind of lost a portion of your self unless you can replace it with another passion, another desire, another drive. So if if you're out there and you're in transition, either – are moving jobs, whether it be on your own or not, or you're in a situation where you're taking a buyout or, or just it's time to retire and you're not really sure, first of all, that you can afford to retire or you're not sure how you're going to spend your time, come in and see with us. Sit, sit down with us. Uh, pick up your phone, 704-529-9500. You could visit us at insightfolios.com. There's tons of information on our website. You can check us out. And then when you're ready, Pick up the phone, 704-529-9500. Give us a call. We'd love to sit down with you and help you figure out how you're going to find fulfillment and joy in the retirement years of your life. Yeah. And, you know, clients come into us. They, they want some security that they have the income they need, and they wouldn't mind having a, a nice nest egg. So how does that relate to the Bible where it says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God? I think me personally, how I interpret that, is can't buy your way into heaven. <laughs> well, I think it's that, and it's the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. It's it's the more we have, especially in this country, it seems the more we want. Like Miss Miss Piggy said, more is not enough, <laughs> and uh, it's it, it's it, I can see it, and I can in a sense feel it myself sometimes. It it, it is amazing, you know, when when you start to see money from God's perspective, how it changes you. And I can remember in my very early years and horribly immature. Um, I thought I was a giver. I actually thought a lot and struggle to not thinking more of myself today than I am. And But back when I was younger, it was really, really bad. And I remember in, in youth group when I was about 15, 16 years old, we played this game. We had a small youth group and they brought a bunch of kids up on stage and we had to trick the rest of our friends into believing something about us that wasn't true. Mm. So they had all these different attributes you could pick from, and you had to pick three of them or two of them that you knew were you, and then one that you thought you could persuade everybody to pick that was you. And the object was who could trick the audience one. So I picked athletic. I remember what the other one was, and then uh, giving. Mm -hmm. And I was going to trick the crowd into that my spirit of giving. And what became abundantly clear to me that day was that everybody in that audience knew that I was not a giver. Is that right? That, I mean, it was so clear. I mean, I was the worst loser of the game. Like, everybody voted that <laughs> they knew I wasn't. And I, here I'm thinking, oh, this would be easy to convince right. everybody. And God pointed out to me that day that there's so much more to money. There's so much more to your spirit of giving than what you think of yourself because everybody sees you differently than you see yourself. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, I've dedicated myself to being a giver and I still struggle. You know, obviously yeah. I'm I'm not a natural born giver, but over my life I've really tried to work towards it because I know exactly 
what the Bible says about it. Mm-hmm. You know, money is the root of all evil. The love, sorry, the, the love, love of, money, of yeah. money is the root of all evil. And just like Charlie said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, which in and of itself is impossible, than a rich man to enter the kingdom of yeah, heaven. I think it's really God saying, don't put money up there as an idol. No. Because it, it is such a, a draw to uh, to us, the lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes. It, it's horrible. Pride and, of life. It's, it's And if you don't have a godly perspective of money, it will ruin you. It can very easily ruin you. And you will think that what you're doing is good. You yeah. will think, you will see yourself like I did when I was 15 years old, one way when every single other person is looking at you differently. Mm. And it'll take an event like I experienced to go, oh, wow, I have a lot to learn about myself. You know, and, and I, I'll sit back and I'll ask myself the question sometimes, well, what is the right amount of money for someone to have, for me, for you, for anyone? And and you, you go back to the Bible to try to figure that out. And uh, I, I like Proverbs 37 through 9. It talks about, you know, God, give me my daily bread, but don't give me so much that I think I did it myself. And don't give me so little that I might steal and dishonor you. So that there is... I guess a sweet spot that that does not put money as as an idol, with the acknowledgement that you know you do need money to live. So and, and that's an interesting topic to to discuss because in my career as a financial advisor, I feel like my lifestyle has changed so much. And I'll be honest and say that I've been comfortable almost in every single aspect of my career. My income has gone up almost every year. But my lifestyle has increased along with it. But if you go back to when I first entered this business 20 years ago, I lived on a lot less, but I was just as happy. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. even say I was as fulfilled. I'm making more money, and our business is way more successful today than it was 20 years ago. And I would say I'm more fulfilled today, but it's not because I'm making more money. Mm -hmm. More money is a benefit of a good ministry. Uh, Sorry. The, my happiness and fulfillment is a benefit of the ministry that I have through what we do. Mm. The fact that we can have a show, you know, that's broadcast all over Charlotte and we can proclaim that Jesus is Lord of our life and that we can talk about the passions that we have in our heart. That brings me more joy than the success in business that we have inside our walls at Insight Folios. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, get striking that right understanding and putting the right priority on money and what you do with it. You know, are you going to be a bucket or are you going to be a, a pipe? And whether you're going to hoard it all to yourself like a bucket or are you or going to conduit, conduit to, to others? Yeah, so that's a lot to think about. And, and I think that's why the Bible talks so much about money and the it's love number of one money. topic. Yeah. If you yeah. look at through all the entire Bible, there's nothing more talked about than money. Money is so dangerous, it's divisive, it, it consumes you. And I think that's why Proverbs 37 through 9 is so important mm-hmm. because there, there is some kind of boundary. But I think even more importantly than that, it's like what you said earlier, it's, it's, it's how you perceive it. It's what's in your heart and when you look at money more importantly than what you make. Because I found happiness and fulfillment at all levels of my income but my joy is not coming from my money or lifestyle. It's coming right. from what God's put in my heart. There you go. And uh, we're getting ready to go to break. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about money and uh, standing up for the important things uh, that you are convicted about. This is Charlie Bowers. The show is Simply Financial, and this is the Insight Financial Network, IFN. What three things will you need for the retirement of your dreams? Well, first, there's income. Second, income. And third, you guessed it, income. But how are you going to get it? Will it be enough? Want to know for sure? We'll create an income plan specific to you using our proprietary Simplicity software. Creating this plan is a $1,500 value. For the first 10 of our listeners, we're going to give away this plan absolutely free. Only 10 free plans, so call now, 855-999-PLAN. That's 855-999-7526. 
Get on the list now for your free Simplicity plan. Call 855-999-PLAN. That's 855-999-7526. Hi, this is Dave Davies, gift planning advisor for the Wycliffe Bible Translators Foundation. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso on the Insight Financial Network. This is IFN, the Insight Financial Network. You're listening to Simply Financial with Paul Durso. I'm Charlie Bowers, and we're talking about, guess what? Money. 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 So, Paul, you, we were talking about this in the office a little bit earlier today. Give me your thoughts on uh, the parable of the talents. And uh, what what is it talking about when, when we're investing those talents? So, when we first began to have a discussion of the parable of the talents, we were kind of talking about money, or at least I was talking about money saving. And then you said a word. You said, well, what if we change the word from savings to investing? And, I, and that was such a great comment that you made because that the parable of the talents isn't about storing. Right. It's about giving. It's about investing. And you can invest your money. You can invest your time, your heart, your passions, the gifts that God's given you, you can invest in other people. Mm-hmm. So there's two ways that I would take that. I would take that as, again, number one topic in the Bible being money. So how are we going to invest our money in a godly manner, right. using it to for God's greater kingdom? And then there's the other aspect, the more spiritual, the more... Um, emotional how are we going to invest us what god has given us from an ability standpoint you know when you said something caught my mind and you know on a previous show we talked about leaving a legacy and it can be leaving a financial legacy or it can be leaving uh, we called it a living legacy and it's just what are you investing in you know is is the money you want to leave money so you invest a certain way to leave money or do you want to leave a legacy through your kids, through your loved ones, are well, you investing and, in them? And this is a, a big topic. So we, we have a, a process in our office that we call Simplicity, and it's a planning process. And it, it's going to give you a couple different outcomes. It's very specific. It's cause and effect. It's not emotional. You know, it's it's the state trooper of financial planning. You know, it's a <laughs> it's when you know when you see something that's right, you know, it's it's good. It, it passes. If you see something that's wrong, we're going to tell you it's wrong. So. The, the one thing I love about Simplicity is it has an, a component to it called legacy. Mm-hmm. And in that legacy, you can design how you want to leave your money financially in a legacy form. And we can tell you exactly what it's going to take for you to get that. So if, if you have a desire to leave a financial legacy or have a conversation of the living legacy that you want to maintain, we'd love to sit down with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Visit our website, insightfolios.com. That's I-N-S-I-G-H-T-F-O-L-I-O-S dot com. And check out our website. We're going to tell you, we're going to show you all kinds of things about us, what we care about, what we're passionate about, and how we do what we do. When you're ready, you can pick up the phone and sit down with us by calling 704-529-9500. Again, that's 704-529-9500. And we'll sit down and we'll build that legacy living and financial legacy for you. You know, and our guest, Dr. Brown, talked about finances and how money is what uh, it spreads the gospel throughout the world and how it, it is important. And, you know, he offered uh, how you could go to his website at askdrbrown.org and contribute. And a lot of people do want to either leave a financial legacy to some ministry or charitable organization or uh, be able to contribute right now. And unfortunately, oftentimes, especially with the market, the way it's running around, don't have the confidence that they have the wherewithal, the assets to do that. So, Paul, like you said, if if folks will come in and talk to us, we can create for them our simplicity plan that will help them really know whether or not they can afford the donations, afford the uh, or, or plan for the legacy that they might like to leave. So. Give us a call again at 704-529-9500. We'd love to talk to you about that. So in the spirit of this entire show, which is really standing up for what you believe, what I want to do just for the next few minutes is help listeners out there. You 
who are paying attention to right now understand what we believe financially, how we plan, what we do, how we think. Yeah. Because sometimes you you don't understand. You know, you, you sit in some financial advisor's office and you're like, I wonder wonder what he likes. Like, you know, they, they invest or they make a recommendation and you're thinking in your mind, did you buy this? Like, what do you invest your money in? Mm-hmm. So that's the type of, of information that we're going to let you in on really quick. So we're going to talk about some hot topics in investment products. Let me let me ask you a question, Paul, in that vein. You know, we're taught that the farther away from retirement you are, the more aggressive you can invest, and the closer, the more conservative. What do you think about that? So, you know, this is something that we've been preaching for years in our office when it comes to aggressive and conservative-style investing. And I don't think that has anything to do with retirement. What is conservative anyway? Yeah. What what makes an aggressive investment? How much you lose? Well, you don't know how much you're going to lose until you lose it. The company goes under. So how can you say you knew ahead of time that was going to be aggressive or conservative? Because I can tell you there's tons of conservative investments like bonds right now that are just destined losers because interest rates are going up, especially at the rates they're raising them these days. Yeah. You can expect to have huge losses. So Charlie and I have spun that. So instead of saying aggressive and conservative, what we're saying is growth versus income. Mm -hmm. Early in your life, you're a growth investor where you want to turn whatever amount of money you have into more next year, next year, next year. The closer you get to retirement, you got to start thinking about income. You start income replacement. I've got a wage that's coming in my front door of my bank every single month or every other week or every week, depending on how you get paid. And when you retire... What's going to replace that? Where's your paycheck in retirement going to come from? Well, that's when you start thinking at some point, hopefully way before you retire, that we want to change the model. We want mm-hmm. to go away from a growth mindset to an income mindset. How do we take the nest egg and make it retirement income? And that's a, a big shift in our office over most financial planners out there because most financial planners, no matter how old you are, they are conservative versus aggressive investors. Yeah. So the older you are, the more conservative they'll be, never once addressing your income. Because what they'll do is they'll just sell off. Right. And 2008 really hurt people at that point in time. If they needed income and they were in a growth model, meaning, all right, I need $4,000 a month supplemental income. I'm selling my stocks and bonds. Everything's great. Then 2008 hits. And now my portfolio is worth half of what it was. I still need my $4,000 coming in every month, but now I've got to sell twice as many of my stocks and bonds. And it's interesting. And I talked earlier on the show that we're very big planners. We have a system that we created called Simplicity. And, you know, God put on my heart years ago, this idea, this software, this financial planning system that we've created. And never once did I think it was going to teach us anything about money and investing. And over the years, it has done just that. We plan so differently today, having learned what it takes to build a financial planning suite or or process, and we invest so differently. And that's where this income versus growth mindset has changed forever, changed how we think. Because when people come into our office, we're talking about income replacement. And we're not talking about selling or buying an annuity or any type of financial product. We're talking about understanding what investments drive revenue in your front door and which ones are just growth vehicles. So we're very passionate about that. There are certain things that we kind of shy away from. Um, I can tell you very boldly, we do not represent any form of mutual fund. There's no client in our office that owns a mutual fund. We don't like them. We think they're over horribly expensive. Now, if you have a financial advisor, you should never own a mutual fund. I I don't think mutual funds as as a whole are inherently bad, but there's no value in investing in mutual funds if you have a financial advisor in your life. That's right. That's right. And the other thing about financial advisors, what I think rigs the process, and the first thing you do when you come into an office, I got to figure out what your risk tolerance is. Yeah. And, and, and that's just playing a game with emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're having a good day, you'll be like, ah, I'm, I'm pretty aggressive, kind of baby. aggressive investor. Yeah. If you're having a bad day, like, 
you know, the weather's cold and it's just nasty out. You're like, yeah, I don't like you live in Michigan. Like, as yeah, opposed yeah. To- <laughs> <laughs> where we used to live, you know, that at that point, you're like, you know what? I I don't want to lose anything. I, I just yeah. nothing's good in my life. I'm conservative. And you may need to earn more than one percent a year to make Correct. your retirement work out. So. So here's the deal. You need a retirement plan. That means you need to you need a simplicity plan. The only way to get that is to call our office. Call 704-529-9500. Again, 704-529-9500. If you're not ready to set an appointment, go to our website. Learn a little bit more. That's insightfolios.com. I N S I G H T F O L I O S dot com insight folios you can learn more and when you're ready you pick up the phone and set an appointment with us again 704-529-9500 charlie what's coming on next week sure thing leading an exemplary life can be a challenge especially when you're trying to grow a business not to mention one that reflects the gospel message but it can be done and buck jacobs founder of the c12 group will be here next week to encourage you and tell you how to do it in fact the doctrine of c12 group is Jesus Christ is Lord. The whole Bible is wholly true. God has an eternal plan for each believer's life, and that plan includes their business. How encouraging is that, and what a great way to progress this year. Well, I tell you what, I can't wait because he's a personal friend of mine, and I'm a part of C12, so I'm looking forward to that show. And I want to thank so many people um, that uh, make this show happen every single work for each and every week. First and foremost, uh, Michael Brown for being on the show this week. Um, he just gives us such great clarity about on evangelical Christians in today's culture and how it's just a war that's raging on and on. I want to thank our producer extraordinaire, Stephen Helbig. He is amazing at what he does, and I appreciate him. And thanks to you fine folks here at the station who give us this platform each and every week to just share what we believe. And mostly, thank you for tuning in and telling your friends about the show. It's our hope here at Simply Financial that we're going to bring you useful steps towards financial clarity each and every week. Our ultimate goal, of course, is to help you retire securely. If you want to talk, just pick up the phone, 704-529-9500. We'll get back with you ASAP and do our best to make sure you have the clarity you need, the planning you need, and the retirement of your dreams. So for one last time on the show, this is Paul Durso here with my co-host, Charlie. The show is Simply Financial with Paul Durso. We're all about taking your first steps to financial clarity right here on the Insight Financial Network, IFN.